Hello again. Welcome to the Content Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Halverson. This podcast is brought to you by contentstrategy.com and Brain Traffic, a content strategy consultancy. Find out more about Brain Traffic at braintraffic.com. Welcome back to another lovely episode of the Content Strategy Podcast. Here with me today is one of my favorite people and someone I am proud to call a mentor, whether or not he knows that that's what I call him behind his back. And, and it is Lou Rosenfeld. And Lou is the founder and publisher of Rosenfeld Media. He has edited or co-authored five books, including the Polar Bear book, or that's what everybody calls it, Information Architecture for the Web and Beyond, and Search Analytics for Your Site. Lou co-founded the Information Architecture Institute and the IA Summit. Now he helps curate the Enterprise Experience and Design Ops Summit conferences. Lou, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Christina. You're a busy man these days. Uh, you should talk. Oh, I know. But, I, you know, five books, man. I've only written, I've only, like, wrote one, I co-authored one. Everybody's like, when are you going to write another one? I'm real tired. I'm well, tired. when you get really smart about um, the creation of books, you realize it's, it's better to get somebody else to write them. Yes, exactly. And that's, well, is that why you became a publisher? Yeah. So you didn't yeah. have to write any more books? Uh, well, you know, I think I, I you know, it's funny because one of my heroes is Tim O'Reilly. I'll just be, be you know, admit it up front. Uh, and, uh, when I started, uh, Rosenfeld media, he said, oh yeah, you know, you're like me. I was really happy to hear that. You're like me. Uh, <laughs> most publishers are frustrated authors and, and, uh, you know, we want to do it the way our publishers, our own publishers didn't do it. And so, uh, that was kind of the genesis for me starting doing this. And yeah, I'd much rather have somebody else do the, the horrible work of, of sacrificing their, their, uh, family life and, and personal time. Mental health, mental health and all those things. I mean, it's lonely, right? I mean, it's, it's like, you know, of all the work we do in creating content and products, it's the thing that places you in a position most far distant in time and space from your, your customer, your user, your reader. It's just a lonely pursuit. Well, so let's talk about your experience actually in writing information architecture, because at first it was information architecture for the World Wide Web right? Like right. that was the first title. Because the web was pretty new then. Yeah. What was the, what year was the first edition? 99. Is that right? 98. 98. Uh, yeah. So, and you co-authored that with Peter Morville. So that was less lonely that you had a co-author. Well, but even then co-authorship depends how you slice and dice it, right? I mean, it, it could be that you go off and you do your own thing, which we kind of did a lot of, or it could be, you know, practically like, uh, you're sitting together all the time, co-writing, literally. Uh, we, we, we really did it more of the former. Yeah, yeah. That's what Melissa Rock and I did too on the second edition for sure. Um, tell what was that like writing kind of that first big book on information architecture? I mean, it's not, you know, a weird thing that I tell people all the time because I similarly wrote kind of the first Bible. book. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. Uh, codifying content strategy as a, as a discipline sort of that sits adjacent to user experience. And, and I have to remind people all the time, did not invent content strategy, was not me, already was a thing, just put it in the book. I, what was that like for you to, to release this book and just be like, 
let's see what happens. Hope this sticks. Well, same here. I mean, like we didn't invent it. And, you know, there were people like Werman who were writing about a, a, a maybe a slightly different flavor of it for a while. Others as well, by the way, like John Zachman, uh, who came at information architecture from a completely different perspective. Uh, people don't know about the Zachman, but I think he actually invented the term. Um, but when we were writing about this, Peter and I, well, I'll speak for myself because Peter, I think, was a lot calmer and mentally more healthy than I was at the time. <laughs> I had a huge chip on my shoulder because I saw the web exploding and I saw all this mess of content that was going to just you know, it was pretty obvious right away that um, it was going to be a disorganized mess and that nobody would be able to find anything. And uh, I knew that library science and information science, which is where I'd come from, uh, were areas that had something to offer, but were like absolutely terrible at presenting those skills to the world as something that the world could take advantage of. And um, so that was kind of what we were trying to do is, is make a point to the world that librarians and, and their ilk had something to offer in this new era of the information uh, revolution. And it's kind of like, it's funny because we had like another chip on our shoulders. The other shoulder had a chip like to the librarians, like, hey, you know, you, you, there's this whole world out there that needs us and, and, and stop just thinking about libraries as the only context for this kind of work to happen in. If you do, you won't have a job in 20 years. And sadly, that's been, pretty much the case for a lot of librarians because they didn't see the benefit of what they could do if they could sort of deal with the uncertainty and, and occasional discomfort of, of transferring those skills to a new context. And I got to think in content strategy, same thing. I mean, you know, uh, we've talked a little bit, you and I, about my wife. Today is her first day on the job as a UX strategist. What's her background? Journalism. A lot of people in that field have uh, fortunately found their way to content strategy and, and areas like UX writing, but a lot of people haven't because they haven't been comfortable shifting gears around context. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that a lot of times, this just, this just happened at uh, our conference, Confab, that happened in April, and it happens every year. A lot of times people show up and they're like, I'm doing content strategy. I've been doing content strategy for years, and I never knew that it was a thing, that it had a name. and um, that level of realization is just continues to blow my mind. And it's constant. It's everywhere. We have people showing up in the Facebook content strategy group all the time, just like, oh my gosh, what I do is a thing. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know necessarily if it's that people are having trouble transferring skills so much as they are um, struggling with kind of codifying what it is that they're doing so that they can talk to it, you know, talk to their employers or to potential employers about the value of, of that skill set and what it can bring to the table you know, not only in UX design, but also just in editorial planning within marketing or with, you know, structuring and building out content models within what, what we call content engineering. So it's kind of, it's an ongoing evolution. I'll tell you what. Um, let me ask you a question. You know, when I, when I first started stomping my feet and believe, I often say that my early career was fueled by rage um, and, self <laughs> and self-righteousness. You know, when I first started stomping my feet going, what about the content? What about the content? Something that sort of blew my mind is that here you and Peter had laid this foundation out for the industry around the importance of information 
and making it findable, you know, organizing it in a way that was intuitive for people to browse. And then Jesse James Garrett came out with the elements of user experience and his sort of, you know, watershed model that helped people sort of see, okay, here is, of course, he kept saying, this isn't a waterfall process, but everybody built it into right. a web design waterfall process. But, you know, one of the things that was in there is that he put content requirements in the, in, or not content requirements, I had something about content in there, but it was really late in the game and it was more like structuring the content or organizing the content without having anything to do with the substance of the content itself or how, you know, whether, whether or not we were considering how that content was going to meet our users' needs. Where did that fall through the cracks? Well, I think like early on, and we were certainly guilty of this as well with the, uh, the IA writing that, uh, that Peter and I did, we were so focused on containers because the container was like the new exciting thing. And we were early on all in a position of, of taking existing content and, and forcing it into this new container uh, of HTML primarily. And so we were really kind of trying to wrap our, our minds around what these new containers could do and, and how they could work. And, you know, just let, let's just get some content in them and, 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 and learn from them. Not think too much about the content itself. So I, I, I still remember so well uh, one of the big projects that my consulting firm that Peter and I ran, uh, Argus Associates, took on in the late 90s was this huge intranet for AT&T uh, uh, for their call centers, for their uh, uh, residential call centers. And, and basically it was a horrible thing where they had just literally taken their printed documentation that the agents would use when they're on the phone with customers, and they threw it into or dumped it into a, a, a like a giant HTML meat grinder, and out came this horrible stuff that was like verbatim from the paper version of their of their documentation. And you know that was what we were all dealing with back then. And I think you know when Jesse did his diagram, I think that was around that time. Now I can tell you that. When we worked on the second edition of the Polar Bear book, which was about four years later, came out in 2002, I was certainly struggling with content modeling at that point because it became clear that we had to look at things like XML and, and other schemas that were really kind of getting at a more of a kind of micro level of content structure where the lines start to blur between structure and semantics. And we were all talking about microformats in those days. And I can tell you that that book, that second edition, ended up being twice as long as the first edition, partly for this reason that we were trying to start to scratch the surface of, of where content worked in the sort of spectrum of how you, whether it's structure or semantics. And um, I, I think we threw out 150 pages of crap that I wrote around the subject. And I was just a struggle to try to make sense out of it. So I wish I could have found you back then and, and picked your brain and, and, and started to really get at this issue of, of where content itself at the authoring level fits. And, and thank God that you introduced uh, me to Sarah Walker Betcher because she did a wonderful job with content everywhere and, and getting at this issue. And that's a book that we were happy to publish at Rosenfeld Media. She is a smarty pants. Yeah. Um, and then she went on. So here's something that's been interesting. I think I get, 
I just taught, I just taught a new version of my introduction to content strategy and I spend about 10 minutes talking about the history of content strategy. And I think people are like, oh yeah, the good old days. And I'm just like, no, 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 you have to understand where things came from and how we have been building upon these foundational questions because those questions don't go away. Like they're still the same questions that, that we're asking, which is, you know, what is it that we're trying to say? Who are we trying to say it to? How do we define that within content requirements? How are we going to organize it and so on? And, and I just think it's important that people have that context. What, what I was going to say about Sarah is that it's been interesting to watch her career evolve from, you know, sort of generalized content strategy to really focusing on content structure. And now she's gone in a completely different direction with ethics in content and um, software and app design. Uh, and now, in fact, I think is, is really invested in her, in her podcast, Strong Feelings. But it, it's been really interesting for me to watch folks who, you know, did kind of start digging into and leading different parts or, or areas of focus of content strategy and other UX disciplines and how their interests have evolved over time. And I think that, you know, beginning to be more aware of the larger community, the needs of the larger community, the direction that our industries are taking, the ethics of the decisions that we're making day to day. I, I see that happening. You know, I've watched that happen with Jeffrey Zeldman and Eric Meyer with their work with an event apart. Jared Spool has taken that on, you know, moving from his, his early career in usability and now runs an entire school, mm -hmm. um, center, center for, for UX designers. And now you have really, your interests and passions have evolved I mean, you were early in building community for, with, you know, the IA Institute and the IA Summit, but now here you are not only publishing, but also running these two conferences that I think are so forward-looking, not only in um, how you are experimenting with format, uh, which we can talk about later, but, but really where you are focusing sort of and highlighting concerns and opportunities at the enterprise level. Can you talk to me a little bit about, so you the two conferences, you have enterprise experience, and you have design ops. Can you talk and to me a little bit? I'll start, a, I'll start a, a dirty rumor right here. We're, we're working on a third conference right now. What is it? Might have something to do with research. And then again, it might not. Can I put the word research in front of ops? Can I do that? Uh, no. Oh, darn it. Okay. Well, what, these are th three important things that all complement each other regardless. So tell me, was it, you started enterprise experience before design ops, is that yeah. right? Yeah, we're, okay. we're, this will be the fifth one, uh, um, uh, four weeks from today. Gosh, five already, great. Well, by the time this posts, June 3rd will be in the past. So that's the magic of podcasting. Yeah, Einstein is rolling over in his grave, but okay. Good work. Um, uh, so talk to me about where these two conferences came from. Like, why did you decide now is the time for these events? Well, it's funny because with the first one, Enterprise Experience, which we used to call Enterprise UX before this year, um, I, had, I had actually been talking with uh, my very small team at the time, and, and they were like, well, this is like five years ago. Why, why don't we get into conferences? And I said, ah, ah, we've reached peak US, UX conference. There's too many as it is. And, uh, and then like a month later, um, uh, Dave Maloof and Casey Tice and Harry Max, who were all at Rackspace at the time, contacted me and said, you know, we think there should be a conference on, on UX in the enterprise setting. And uh, if you program it, we'll host it. What do you think? And, you know, like I thought about it for about five seconds. And I said, oh, yeah, 
Uh, <laughs> that sounds and, uh, yeah, you know, um, so that was the genesis there. And I think, uh, you know, for me personally, the attraction is two things. Um, I like getting people together. Um, I just, I don't pretend to be the deepest expert in any of the fields I'm involved in by any stretch, but I do like the idea of getting different people together to, to collaborate and, and have a good time. And uh, what better way to do that than a conference? And the other thing is that a conference, like a book, is a really interesting information product. And um, I used to f- like kind of find myself spending time around other information architects with my tail between my legs. Like, I'm not worthy. I don't really do this anymore. I don't really know what's going on. I feel guilty. Um, I don't really do IA anymore. And then like, you know, it's, it's stupid because really there are a lot of people who had sort of, sort of like updated the context uh, that IA was practiced in and, and really talking a lot about that. Uh, but it took me a while to catch on that conferences like books are just a form of, you know, uh, or a great setting for IA. And so, you know, working on the format, doing the user research, to develop the programs, uh, it's just fascinating. And we get to try new things like pretty much every year. And for example, I, I'm using, uh, we've been using uh, Donna Leachaw's uh, User's Journey book that we published as a guide for um, designing the narrative arc of uh, the experience that people have at our conferences. And you know, we get to try these things out in real time with real people in the room and get immediate feedback. So it's just so much fun. And uh, um, I also like the fact that, you know, we're just kind of practicing what we preach. There's, there are a lot of UX conferences out there and some of them are fantastic, but in many cases, I think it's because they caught lightning in a bottle. I mean, it's hard to sustain that year by year by year. And uh, you might luck into it sometimes, but you might not. And uh, I think if you do the planning and the research and, and think of it as, an informa- as a product, not just an information product, you're going to have a lot better chance of succeeding with the product itself. So tell me a little bit, what, what information do you talk about at Enterprise Experience? What, what, is that, what is Enterprise Experience? What does that mean? So for us, it means um, the practice of UX in or for enterprises, which are large organizations that are at a scale uh, and so distributed that one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing, or, or if it does, it doesn't care, or absolutely despises that other hand and wants to totally destroy it. You know, there's this horrible political uh, environment in large enterprises that's aggravated by scale and, and distribution. And if you're trying to do any type of UX work in that setting, you can be the world's best craftsperson, you can be the best designer, the best user researcher, but you will fail if you don't understand politics, the culture, how these organizations work, how they make decisions, how they are businesses of a different type than, let's say, a startup, and, you, and, and what kind of soft skills you need to succeed in that environment. And so that's really what we're talking about, is there's this, this huge migration of talent in UX to the enterprise. And a lot of those folks have just been ill-prepared to navigate those environments. Now, when we first started doing enterprise experience five years ago, we were mostly designing it for a use case of leaders and and managers of 
of new UX groups that were trying to get established safely uh, and, and uh, not have to look over their shoulders uh, uh, as a, yeah, a new CEO or a, a new leader came in and decided to hack back the, the carefully designed design organization. Now, this year, because UX seems to have matured quite a bit in these settings, we're, we have two new use cases. One is for uh, those leaders and managers to really help upskill or uplevel the skills of their, their teams to succeed in the enterprise environment by giving them training on how to do business modeling and, and soft skills and, and things like that. The other use case is to help them collaborate uh, with their peers in other parts of the enterprise. That could be product, could be engineering, HR, business development, you name it. And uh, how you um, collaborate with those people is pretty important because they all have a share in the outcome when it comes to delivering great experiences at the enterprise level. And so um, we've designed these, what we think are really innovative interactive sessions and you're actually gonna be part of one, Christina. And they're all about uh, collaboration. What? And, no, and, yeah. <laughs> so they're all about collaboration and getting uh, people to um, role play on stage represent different um, functions, whether within a product team or uh, within the C-level folks uh, at an organization as they work together, but to kind of work through what their problems are on stage and uh, how to identify them and how to get past them. And those kind of problems are, are things we're all familiar with, things like we use different vocabularies, we work at different cadences, we have different models of seeing the world, and different types of goals for our work, uh, and a lot of other differences, but we also have a lot in common. And if we can model some of those good outcomes on stage, we're hoping that our attendees can take some really useful skills back to work with them. It sounds to me like this kind of a conference format would be useful for folks in management leadership positions across kind of any practice. Well, we want the conference to be, um, in the long run, like our goal in a few years is to have 50% of our attendees to not be members of the UX tribe because ultimately, and maybe this is a theme you want to get into a little bit, UX is like a lot of things, including content strategy, becoming democratized. It is not the, the, the provenance of, of UX people. It's, it's owned by everyone pretty much these days in, in a business setting. And if you are a product manager or an engineer or number of these people, you care about the experience, whether you realize it or not. And you don't have to be a UX person, but you have to care about the UX, and you often do. Those are the kinds of people we're trying to bring to the conference. And we've actually uh, completely changed our curation model to include people from those functional areas on our team. And uh, it's really exciting to work with different people who all care about the experience. You know, it is, I have said over the years in so many different articles and conference talks and interviews, so many times you can swap out the phrase user experience for content strategy. Yep. And you just, you can't, like, it's all the same stuff. It's, you know, I, I think that content strategy as a, as a discipline, as a practice, as a function within, whether it's small companies or agencies or the enterprise, is is still fairly immature, but it is evolving at lightning speed. That has been a challenge, albeit a really fun and exciting one, but that has been a challenge at Confab to keep up with 
you know, sort of those topics and, and desired trainings for the folks who are growing within organizations. And I think that what we saw this year that we haven't seen before, I mean, in my workshop that I taught, Introduction to Content Strategy, I had somebody come up to me in the middle of the day and say, oh, I kind of feel like I'm hiding in plain sight. I'm an executive at a Fortune 500 company. And yeah, well, she was there because she had figured out that content is a business asset and that she needed to somehow establish and evolve a practice and needed to kind of figure out what marching orders to give uh, you know, her team. So I, it's exciting to me to see that you are, that you've formalized an offering for those folks. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would love to get content strategists and people who are managing content strategists within UX teams or otherwise to come and, and sit in and hear what you all are talking about. And of course, my brain is also like, and we have to formalize an offer, offering like this for content strategists because this is going to be important in five years. Um, who, who's coming? Who, who will be there? Uh, in terms of the attendees in general? Yeah, uh, not necessarily companies, but like who, what are the roles of the folks who are coming? Well, we get a lot of people who are, are UX leaders and managers of, of teams or functions. We get a lot of practitioners who are pretty senior as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say, you know, probably at this point, 80 to 90% uh, are folks that have UX or design or research somewhere in their job title. And when usually when we do the um, analysis of those job titles, there's something like 50, 60% have pretty senior titles. Uh, it's not a senior's design ops, but still pretty senior. And the rest are people that are product people. There's a smattering of executives. It's a smattering of developers. And, and that's the group we really wanted to, we want to grow and make this feel like a home for them. And that's one reason we changed the conference name from Enterprise UX to Enterprise Experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, who comes to design ops? What is, because that's another content operations is another sort yeah. of up and coming, you know, I won't call it a bright, shiny thing as much as I'll call it a necessary awakening within um, organizations. But tell me, tell me who comes to design ops and what the focus is there. Well, so we did our second one last November. The, the third one will be in uh, Brooklyn, here in Brooklyn, October 23rd to 25th. And um, in fact, we just opened our CFP. Um, the people That's come a call to, for proposals. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was just thinking I should explain that. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the people come to design ops are um, the people in, again, primarily large organizations who um, are, are there to try to like take all the, the, the talent that's being amassed on these teams and basically amplify what that talent can do by giving them tools and processes that enable them to do great work. So um, instead of doing the same thing over and over again, uh, why not uh, put some of that work into um, a design pattern library? Uh, or, uh, you know, a research operation, or it could be content uh, related as well. And we're starting to see more and more of that, but start putting a lot of effort into developing products and services for designers of all stripes to use so that you, they can be freed up to do the really hard work that you can't um, manage through a pattern library or, or something along those lines. And um, so we're, we're seeing, we just did some research actually uh, and we're seeing something like uh, half the people who um, 
are interested in this area are like in year one or just starting out in terms of building uh, design programs or design operations or research operations inside their organizations. And the rest are uh, a split kind of evenly between having done it for like one to two years or, or more than two years. And um, very senior people, we got 700 for the second conference. We couldn't believe it. And we're anticipating even more this year. So it's a shiny thing, but it's also a recognition that this field is maturing. So we've like been yammering about design thinking for years and years and years. And we finally get these organizations to, to invest in recruiting and building these teams. And then it's like, oh, shit. Um, we have to actually make sure that the teams can do the work or we're going to suddenly lose these people to better run teams at better run organizations. So, you know, the, the sort of the prototype of the or archetype of the, the audience member is someone who is titled or has the equivalent title of a COO of a design organization. So that is interesting to me, too, um, because I have in some of the conversations I've had, people say, oh, you know, we we are going to need to see a chief content operation mm-hmm. or officer at some point because of the need for enterprise wide uh, content functions and interdependencies and integrations and different kinds of skill sets and so on. I just, as I'm sitting here, I'm just so struck by how I see content strategy as a field rushing in the exact same direction as I think you have um, articulated, you know, where design and UX are are. Uh, today at the at the enterprise level, and I think you know that we're finding in agencies and higher ed and, and nonprofit and so on, albeit probably a little um, less well funded <laughs> and well staffed, so still scrambling a little bit. Um, but it's just it's so exciting and so fascinating to me, and and I think it's such an important opportunity for content strategists who are in more senior positions right now or who are striving to gain more seniority, more purview into what's going on outside of their own teams to pay attention to and learn from some of the the thinking um, and and shared education that's going on at conferences like yours. And I, I don't, there aren't really other conferences like yours, are there? Well, I mean, there's some definite uh, conferences uh, that are, are focused on on people who are in leadership and management roles in, in UX, um, maybe, maybe a little less specifically about the enterprise setting. And what is unique to the challenges that folks are facing in the enterprise setting? Would you say it's just a matter of scale or what, what do you think is unique about that? Uh, because yeah, they, I mean, I think it's scale. I think it's distribution. Um, I think it's the unevenness that those two things create in the sense that in an organization, you uh, a single organization, you have um, people or, or groups that are so far along and so advanced uh, that you're almost embarrassed to work with them, let's say if you're a consultant, and then others down the hall that are uh, like sort of in the primitive uh, era. Um, I, you know, there's it's just like the, I think any organization that you cannot really that you can't draw a picture of in a way that makes any sense is it's like so confounding to try to actually build something in that setting uh you know so if we have one cluster of talks that enterprise experience called 
the, the product journey and the product journey, you know, it's like, what a product journey, but like, think about it. Think about where in an enterprise, the idea for a product comes from and how that could be a very different group of people than the ones who basically say, yeah, we approve of that. Who could be very different than the ones who say, yeah, we're going to fund that and very different from the ones who have to design it and different from the ones who have to build and implement it and the different from the ones who have to maintain it or support it. And then the difference certainly than the ones who end up using it may not even be part of the enterprise. It may be customers. So um, this is a really distributed uh, uh, journey that a single product can take. And what the hell, how do you, how do you deal with that? We're, we're trying to address that at the conference by having, case studies that are co-presented by at least two people from peers from different functions. So, um, you know, that's our, our initial stab at trying to address that issue, but it's a really hard problem. It is. And again, for the eighth time, I'm sitting here going, just replace product with content. It's the exact well, I wanna, So I'm going to say we should, like, I don't think content strategy is different than UX. I think this is all the same thing. Some of us may work more with structure. Some of us may work more with, with content or semantics. Some of us may work more with, you know, systems. It doesn't really matter. I, I don't like that we have a, something of a perceived boundary here that we're dancing on. And I think you and I should do something about it, Christine. I think if nothing else, we should have a conversation about why there's not more UX people at your conference and more content strategy people at my conference or well, something like that. I, you well, know, I'm I'll not tell trying to- you, no, I know, but I'll tell you that I at Confab had people who were not directly in the con- field of content design, content strategy, whatever, raise their hands. And it was a solid third of the folks who were there. That's great. So, yeah. Well, I think that, you know, for better or worse, I think content people have been banging on tables going, UX, let me in. I need you. Need me there. Content. The experience is fueled by content, and I think that just now, or in the in recent years, UX folks have been like, "Oh yeah, I do care about the content. I haven't known what to do about it. Nobody will give me resources. Nobody will pay attention to the fact that I have asked to have writers in the room early on." So I, I do think that that. Content folks and UX folks are, you know, want to walk hand in hand in a lot, often to the sunset. No, no, <laughs> want to walk hand in hand in a lot of, a lot of these projects and a lot of these um, undertakings. But I think that when we're talking about it at the enterprise level, it's really leadership that needs yeah. to understand the connection between those two disciplines. Um, so I, yeah, let's do something about it. Let's do it. All right, we've just gone public. <laughs> we can't, I don't think it's going to be very easy to edit this out. So if we change our minds uh, later, forget it. We've got to do something. Well, listen, um, this, this conversation is a good first step at any rate. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're about out of time. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I'm so fired up about the work that you're doing. I'm really looking forward to uh, attending and being a part of enterprise experience. And for those of you who are like, why have we been talking about conferences the whole time? I just want to share that I think that conferences like these are so key to, um, I'll use the word again, codifying and advancing 
our disciplines and helping to surface challenges, to uh, put frameworks around how to discuss those challenges and to share uh, success stories around what, you know, how people have navigated and solved them and are, are continuing to move forward. So whether or not you're able to participate as an attendee, follow the hashtag. Um, what is the hashtag going to be? Actually, I just looked at the release date. This is, what day are the, is the conference again? Oh, June 3rd through 5th. Yeah, we're going to release this podcast on the 4th. So oh, I will, yes. yeah, good, good job. Us. EX19. Uh, EX19. Okay, great. Follow along. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just so excited for the, for the work that you're doing and for these conversations. And I'll see you in just a few weeks. Yeah, Christine, I'm really looking forward to it. And thank you for your mentorship. High fives, Lou. Slap. All right, take care. <laughs> Thanks again. You've been listening to the Content Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Halverson. This podcast is brought to you by contentstrategy.com and Brain Traffic, a content strategy consultancy. Find out more about Brain Traffic at, of course, braintraffic.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.